Welcome to the Social Ideas Podcast, brought to you by the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation. This series looks through the lens of those striving for a better world. I'm Pam Mungru. Christine Kinnear is the founder and CEO of With Insight Education. The charity was set up with the purpose of advancing the educational and professional prospects of black heritage students. In 2020, Christine completed the Cambridge Social Ventures Incubator Programme, the purpose of which is to support social ventures as they develop a scalable and socially impactful product or service. I asked Christine why she felt there was a necessity for With Insight Education. I was really troubled by the enduring problem of the low entry rates of Black Heritage students to lead in universities. I had personal experience of having the grades to go to top university and opting not to. And I could see that playing out with my own daughter and her concerns about fitting in at elite institutions. And when I spoke to other young people, it became apparent that this was a really enduring problem. It had gone on for decades, and yet there was very little direct support in place, programs, interventions that were really speaking to these young people's experience. Yet the statistics were undeniable that there was an issue there and it had gone on for years. What was that issue and and why why had it gone on for years? And I suspect why is it continuing to go on? Um, It's complex. It's multi-layered, I should say, rather than complex. So it's a combination I see it as lack of confidence to go to these spaces, a real sense of concern around cultural isolation, not feeling that they'll belong there, not feeling that they'll be welcome there. And another factor was just a lack of knowledge as to how to navigate your way to one of these universities. And again, that information is out there in the ether, but for a lot of our students, we're finding, for example, that they're first generation to their to go to university. So there isn't the familial knowledge, there isn't the social network around them to tell them, this is how you make your application stand out. These are the super curricular things that you should be doing, for example. And then that was then translating into poorer quality applications in terms of personal statements, for example, um, poor choices in terms of the degrees that they were applying for and where they were applying and how that manifested itself then was these really able ambitious young people were experiencing a much higher rejection rate from these types of universities so the work that we do is about plugging those three fundamental gaps it's about showcasing role models at these universities that can give them the confidence that they won't be alone when they're there and also help them build up an understanding of what solutions are available to them when they are feeling, gosh, I'm in a lecture theatre with only a one maybe other black person in that space. We do a lot of work around how do you choose the right university? When you are looking for degree courses, what is going to be the best fit for you? So that they're making very well-informed choices and they feel comfortable with those choices. And then we give them support with their applications as well. You talk about the variables around why a student of Black heritage may not end up going to a top-tier university in the UK. The the concerns you have, what is that also saying about those schools that are perhaps not preparing them? I used to be a school governor, chair of governors of schools, and so I have a lot of understanding and empathy with schools. 
that are really under the cosh in terms of the resources they, they have available and the time they have to invest in young people. And I know that a lot of schools are giving these young people the information, but that assumes, I think, a degree of a level playing field. And actually, if you have particular groups by virtue of their ethnicity or social class that need a bit of extra support, if you're a school that has no bandwidth to give them that tailored support, those young people are going to inevitably fall through the net. And that's the case with their university progression. It's also the case with their wider careers advice that's available to them. A lot of career teachers, for example, it's an extra addition to their day job and classroom-based job. So I don't want to say that the schools are at fault. I do understand the pressure that they're at. Um, and I think it's much more around the school system that is letting down these young people as opposed to any individual school just not doing the right things. I suppose what I'm trying to do is unpack a bit further um, the issues around being disadvantaged and being disenfranchised and not feeling that you, despite the grades that you have, and I use the you as, uh, as a general you, despite having the necessary grades to get into a a Russell Group University, a top tier university, however you choose to describe it. Why are those disadvantages continuing to this day? Underpinning our work is this idea that it, you really struggle to be what you can't see. And although progression to university for Black Heritage students is on the rise, the increase year on year is phenomenal. What we're still seeing is that Black Heritage students are much more likely to go to lower tier universities and higher tier ones. So I think fundamentally, it's about normalising this idea that you do your academics at school and that you can go off to a leading university and that you know what that looks like, that you know that you can do it, you've got the confidence to do it, and that you don't need to be so concerned that you doubt whether or not it's the right choice for you. The young people that we work with are really ambitious for themselves. They're very aspirational, but there is always this niggle in the back of their mind as to how am I going to cope? And so what we see is 70% of our young people will voice a concern about being a minority in these spaces. Most of them will still go, but we want them to go with the confidence to know how they're going to navigate these spaces and thrive within them. But we also want to catch those that are going to make the choice not to go, even though they've got the capability to do so. So tell me about with Insight then. How is it that you work to manage and dismantle uh, the social injustices that you are seeing around Black Heritage students? Yeah, so we've been going for five years now. We started with just a university access programme for sixth formers and building on the idea of you struggle to be what you can't see. What we do is we work with university partners and we engage their Black Heritage students to be mentors to our young people. So the crux of the work that we do is around mentoring. Um, you know, we're really sure that to take these young people on a journey, you've got to have that sustained contact. You've got to build up the relationships. And so mentoring is a really effective way to do that. And so we've got five years worth of social impact now around that that proves that that model works. 87% um, of our young people end up getting offers from top 30 universities and we've got alumni all around the country. So we're really, really pleased with, with that piece of work. But we also were acutely aware 
that working with sixth formers were great because you're capturing them at that really essential point of applying to university or just generally thinking about their post-16 options. But actually, that's quite late in their educational journey. So we then branched out and started to work with year nine and 10, and that's supporting them, supporting their families to think about these types of universities as a viable option, but also exploring other things like apprenticeships. Um, and then over the years as well, we realized that university is a fantastic stepping stone, but it's not an end goal in and of itself. So we also branched out now to work with companies and do more career type mentoring. And that's working with any employees from our partner companies and training them how to help these young people get a broader understanding of the career field, build up those soft skills that, again, a lot of their more privileged, affluent peers will understand are necessary to flourish in the workplace, to even get into the workplace. And so we do things around confident communicating, the importance of networking, how to interview well, and then get these young people into that workspace as well so that we're demystifying what a corporate office looks like. So over the years, our numbers have grown year on year, and we're really committed to having an impact. So we always evaluate our work. And I, I think I can be completely confident in saying that the model that we have, we know works. It really does transform these young people's ideas as to what their future could look like, and also their confidence that what they could make their reality be. Going to university or whatever option there is past the age of 18 is quite terrifying. That idea that all of a sudden you're a grown-up now, and yeah. uh, this is about your career this is about the rest of your life how do you mitigate that fear especially when you are working with young people who are still woefully underrepresented in many areas particularly in in higher education two things on that one in terms of mitigating what we say to them is look, this is going to be the reality that you'll you will face but here are some coping mechanisms and so we do talk to them about you know, if you face a microaggression, this is what it's going to feel like. We do talk to them about the importance of reaching out to their personal tutors, for example, um, joining societies, getting that strength from people around them, essentially equipping them with the tools to be able to make that transition as well as possible. The other thing as well that we do say to our young people is that that step can feel huge. And I mean, it is huge in the moment, but we live in a world now where people don't have a linear career and they don't choose something and stick with it forever. So we do a series of career talks where we get really interesting people in front of our young people to talk to them about their own multivaried um, career paths and portfolio, careers that they've had. And try and instill in the young people the idea that you are choosing what feels right for now, but you are absolutely open and you should embrace the idea that you might want to change your mind. And that's absolutely fine. Um, so don't see it as this be all and end all type of decision, because it's really not in the grand scale of things. It's not. It is a next step onto a bigger picture. So. Stormzy came along and donated thousands of pounds for students to attend Cambridge University. And at the time, of course, and, and there continues to be comments about, well, what about white students who 
don't come from affluent backgrounds? What about the problems? You know, why aren't you supporting them? And I suppose in 2023, there are a number of people who will continue that, Fred, and say, hey, Christine, why are you only focusing on Black heritage students? Why are you not opening that up to other students? Or if you are, why are they seemingly not getting the same attention? I come at this from a point of equity rather than equality. And so I'm really sure that the work that we're doing is not to say that there aren't other groups that also need support. But if we think about equity, and that means really tailoring our intervention to the needs and the gaps available to certain groups, then you do need to be really tailored in what you do. And so I'm If anybody was to challenge me as to why we work just with Black Heritage students, I would say, look at the stats. Look at the fact that until very recently, consistently, Black Heritage students have the lowest entry rates at top universities. Look at the stats that says that even when they get to university, there is almost a 20% attainment gap in terms of the numbers of them that get in two ones or first compared to their white peers. Look at the fact that Black Heritage students drop out of university at a higher rate than any other racial group. They are a group that needs specific support. And we could be everything to all people, but I think that our social impact would be less. So we are one part of a bigger picture in terms of equalizing the the university landscape, progression to work landscape. But I absolutely feel it is important that these interventions be targeted and really speak to the needs of specific groups. You mentioned equity and equality. There is always a debate about something, isn't there? But but what is the difference to you and how do you see that? I mean, you've already explained to a certain degree, but how do you see that manifesting itself in the work that you do? To me, equality is putting the same thing out to everybody and saying anybody can apply. And in some spaces, I'm sure that's fine. But if you look at where people are in terms of their specific starting points, then equity for me is about recognising those differences, not shying away from it, and being very clear that some people, by virtue of structure, history, economics in their modern lives, racism in their modern lives, are going to need additional support to get them to that starting line where they can access opportunities. And that's the work that we do. And I think that when I've looked at the field of EDI, it does seem that they are moving in that direction because we tried the equality thing. And lovely as it is in terms of aspiration, it doesn't have the same cut through as actually targeting specific groups with specific interventions. And I have a marketing background, for example. And to me, it would be no different than if I put out a vanilla product to everybody and says, whoever wants it can have it. That's not going to get me my return on investment compared to me saying, I know that group over there needs to be told a particular message and communicated with in a specific way. That's how they're going to engage with what I have to offer. And to me, that's the difference between equity and equality. I know you've talked about the mentors you have with black students who are already at university. Mm-hmm. What work are you doing, if any, with the universities themselves? Because at some point, the university, not only do they need to recognize and acknowledge that there's an issue, they need to do something about it. 
Yeah, so the university partners that we have, we have a really good open dialogue with them. And so we do share our own learnings. So for example, earlier on this year, we did a student voice report and we brought together a couple of focus groups made out of students right from first years, right through to PhDs and asked them about their experiences of being a black heritage at university. We asked them, you know, what was the problem? But fundamentally, what were the solutions that they wanted to see? And we pulled that report together and um, were able to work with the universities presenting the ideas. Other things we're doing, for example, actually today we finished working on a hotspot map with Leeds, for example, where we engage their students to identify businesses that are either owned by black um, business owners or serve the black community. And then we pull that together in a map. And the idea being that that would then help students within that space feel a home from home because they know where to go to get food that feels familiar, um, products, hear music, connect with a church community or a mosque, for example. So we, we do try and work alongside our university partners to support them in their onward um, drive to make for a more inclusive learning environment. How do you see with Insight moving forward? We have been on quite a journey because when we started, it was very clear that the path to progression and social mobility was around supporting young people to get into top universities, take a step onto the career ladder and then off they go. Um, the world has changed somewhat. I still very much would say if you've got the opportunity to go to university, grasp it. I think it has so much more to offer than just the pipeline into employment. But the, the economics of going to university mean that for a lot of students now, they are very much questioning the worth. And so the work that we're doing now is trying to support them with it, whichever avenue they pursue. Um, so that, for example, if they want to go down an apprenticeship route, we're building up an apprenticeship programme to support young people. For those that do want to go into university, we've done a lot of work around access to university. Our next step will be to think about supporting them when they're at university to thrive and try and close that um, that gap in terms of students dropping out and also um, close the gap in terms of their attainment while they're at university. And then another big piece of our work is thinking further downstream in terms of once they're ready to leave university, their progression into the careers as well. So working with more corporate partners to feed our young people into their early career stream. So I'm really ambitious for what we've got to do. I can see in my brain this whole pipeline of supporting young people from 14 right the way through until their early career stage. So yeah, that's definitely what we're doing. And anybody that wants to support our work and, and jog alongside us, we'd be more than happy to speak to them. That was Christine Kinnear, founder and CEO of With Insight Education. You can find out more about the work of the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation and for Cambridge Social Ventures by following us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube and X.